0: Hi friends, welcome to Average Queer Christian Podcast. Each week you'll hear stories from average queer Christians. Imagine that. This is the place where everyday queer Christians share their journey with you. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Because it's going to be bumpy if Christianity is involved, right? So we're here right now interviewing Badger. And uh, we've got some interview questions that uh, I answered that we're going to turn the tables to Badger, who actually, Badger, she wrote them, by the way. What is your name and oh. how do you identify?
1: Th- this is a very good question. I'm, I'm really glad that you asked it. Um, my name is Badger. I have other names, um, but it came down to um, Honey Badger. Uh, some of you may remember the, uh, the, the video that uh, got dubbed by our friend Randall um, with the Honey Badger. And um, let's just say I kind of have a personality similar to the honey badger sometimes, because um, I don't really take anything from anyone. <laughs> honey badger, uh, don't quit. That's right and um as far as how i identify uh, again this is also in the uh, about section of our website at averagechristian.com i'm going to just repeat it it kind of depends on the, the day some days i identify as a lesbian some days i identify as gay some days i identify as queer and sometimes i identify as all three and use those words interchangeably i'm also a cisgender female um and i do acknowledge uh you know the the privilege that that affords me in this life and so that's also an important part of my identity and um but yeah i'd say primarily identify as a lesbian
0: thanks thanks for answering those questions you're welcome Uh, i also was wondering what flavor of faith do you belong to and what is your favorite flavor of ice cream
1: uh let's get to the important question here favorite flavor of ice cream is a Baskin and Robbins chocolate chip.
0: Oh, down and dirty.
1: Yep, love me some Baskin and Robbins chocolate chip because Baskin and Robbins uses like a, um, they, they use kind of a dark chocolate for their chocolate chips, So it's not super sweet. There's a little bitterness involved there. And I, I like that and it's and it's not like chunky. I don't like the chunks. I like it kind of like um, shade, almost like shaved chocolate. So it just, yeah, it's one of my favorites and it has a really nice vanilla profile as well. So, yeah, it's my favorite. As far as uh, flavor of faith, uh, I would say I identify as Roman Catholic, um, practicing of the faith at the moment, nominal at best. Uh, However, I've kind of been, I don't know, having some feelings about the church recently. And so I'm thinking I might need to hop back into that action, Uh, you know, maybe in a Catholic church um, somewhere locally that um, where I will feel like I belong and feel like I'm, I'm welcome, Um, but right now I'd have to say um, my faith is more of a follower of Jesus and not necessarily as an identifier of of Christianity, if that makes any sense.
0: That does. I feel like a lot of our listeners, well, I assume, will relate to that as uh, many, many people in the queer realm do.
1: Absolutely.
0: And is this the faith that you're raised with? Or have you been on a personal journey of discovery that led you to it and where you are today?
1: So, yes, I was born and raised Catholic. I come from an Italian uh, family. Born and raised Catholic, like, through and through all the way back to my cousins that still live in Italy.
0: It's legit, y'all.
1: Yeah, it's legit. Like, it's, like, legit Roman Catholic. Like, you know, actually from Italy and, like my one cousin is actually in Rome. So there you have it, folks, like Roman Catholics.
0: Badger just wound up all y'alls.
1: Yeah, we'll see who can match that. <laughs> the interesting thing is, is there's some um, family uh, lore um, that we may actually have someone in the Vatican, but again, not 100% certain about that. Like, Ooh. it's possible, but um, my mom's not sure, and I haven't had time to actually see You know, like, do the old Google and see if I can find this guy. But it was one of my grandfather's uh, cousins. He was a priest. And the last time I had heard about him, he was a, uh, like, a monsignor in the Catholic Mm -hmm. Church. So, which is, like, kind of an honorific Mm -hmm. um, in between priest and, like, bishop. So, it's kind of like a, a higher... Like, a, it's an honorific more than anything. So someone that is a priest um, but has, like, done something that the bishop likes or maybe even the pope likes or maybe the—probably car- a cardinal or a bishop. And then they get this honorific of being a monsignor. And so it's kind of this, like, gold title they can add. Last I heard, that's what he was. But we'll see what happens.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that you even have family lore, like, I have none of that.
1: Right. It's kind of weird because, uh, just as a side note, I always um, assumed that my great-grandfather had died in the coal mines in Pennsylvania in the early 1900s. And it wasn't until later on in life I was interviewing my grandmother and I found out he had actually been murdered. And that there had been some sort of a love triangle between him and my great-grandmother and someone else.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: But again, family lore... Grandmother told me this, like, a few years before she passed away. I have no evidence of this at this point in time. Like, I need to go do some research and find out, like how he really died
0: right it's like grandma are you remembering things accurately or is that just how you want to be spinning things at this point exactly
1: (laughs) exactly so yeah i was uh raised catholic um didn't really participate in church when i was in high school but then when i went to college i uh decided that i wanted to start going to church again and so i was involved in campus ministry at the university of montana it was probably one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Like, it, it, my faith definitely came alive in a way that it hadn't before. Mm. And then, um, when I was a, I think I was a junior in college, I flunked out shortly after that, so I actually didn't finish college. But oh, I know, I know,
0: I'm a college dropout too. Yes.
1: yes, we have so many things in common.
0: I dropped out of college twice, though.
1: Did you? Yes. I'm. Not I'm to brag impressed. Or I'm impressed. I only grap- dropped out. Once. And then, you know, I've gone and done like uh, community college classes and things like that. Um, But yeah, so I was in college and doing the, you know, campus youth ministry or campus ministry thing and just really made like kind of lifelong friends. I mean, there's some people that I still keep in touch with. um, But I think the biggest event that happened uh, when I was in college was uh, we got a chance to go to Israel. So we went on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And it was probably at that point in time in my life, probably one of the most impactful things that had happened like as an adult. And, uh, and to this day, I mean, Israel is a very, very special place for me and it's kind of where, um, my faith kind of came alive. And, um, and so that's a little bit about like kind of my history. Uh, later on, I actually became a youth minister in the Catholic church. And so, because I was just kind of so on fire, on fire for the Lord, as they say, They do say that. They do. And I just wanted to have that opportunity to, uh, you know, like to share all the cool things that I had had, you know, participated in uh, with teenagers. So I, I worked as a youth minister in the Catholic Church for about, I think it was about four years or five years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, kind of at that point decided that wasn't for me. So I left the ministry. Um, okay. Fun fact. Uh, several of the youth ministers that I that were my colleagues um, have all in the last like 10 years 15 years all come out
0: interesting yes there's mm. at
1: least two that I know of um, one actually left youth ministry to go become a Benedictine monk oh, wow. and he was a Benedictine monk for a while and then he left that and is living as an out gay man um, and then another one of my friends also like former colleague also like several years later ended up coming out and um, has not actually had as good of an experience in that um, mm-hmm. as far as like with the church mm-hmm. uh, kind of really doesn't want anything to do with organized religion. So mm-hmm. um, which I feel bad about, but I also completely understand and Absolutely. like, and you know, kind of want to support people in that because I know that the the church can be very damaging to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so, you know, so yeah, that's just a little bit about my wild and, crazy journey I guess you would say
0: interesting yeah learning new things about Badger every day
1: yeah well you know I've got all kinds of fun stories to tell so yeah
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well do you have any fun stories around the questions related to coming out to yourself or others yes or both? share both of those yeah I, I can
1: definitely share about those so um, mm-hmm. fun fact uh, back in 2009 i was in a or wait a minute was it 2009 no it was in 2007 um sorry 2009 it was on february 9th 2007 whoa uh the
0: exact date y'all yeah
1: i got into a, uh, a a pretty significant accident on my vespa motor scooter mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i hit my head and i had a mild concussion that really kind of messed me up for actually quite a while it was Probably a good year before I kind of felt like I was not fuzzy and, no, no. you know, kind of knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was just the idea of the fact that, like, I almost died. But all of a sudden, a lot of these feelings kind of started bubbling up to the surface. And the interesting thing was, is at the time, I was a huge Indigo Girls fan. Of course you were. Right? Yes. And um, I even bought, they had this shirt that um, it was like a, it had a, it was a red shirt. I think it was kind of like a muscle shirt and it said, and it had a, it had a bullseye on it. So it was red with a white bullseye mm-hmm. and it said, girls play here. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember buying that shirt when I identified as straight because I thought it was really funny and interesting. Right. And. I have a very, very dear friend of mine who used to, like, kind of flirt with me a little bit, you know? I mean, we've never really talked as too much about, like, her experiences, but, um, but you know, she was definitely really flirty with me. She's now married and, you know, to a man and identifies as straight as far as I know. She used to really like to play around, you know, like, kind of, like, because I'm not at that point in time in my life, and even to a certain extent now, I'm not super affectionate. Like with like my friends yeah and you know like i will definitely give them hugs and all of that but like in public i'm at that point in time because i probably had all this like internalized like homophobia oh uh, that,
0: that old internalized homophobia right
1: i uh i would you know we would she would like touch me and like not like inappropriately or anything but just it would like make me really uncomfortable and like i think it super was like me like Being very much in denial about like my sexuality and Mm -hmm. and because again I grew up like hardcore Catholic and and I didn't have any like any of that guilt or anything that's kind of associated with with being Catholic and then like being gay definitely was the good Catholic girl like I I thought I maybe I maybe I'm being called to religious life like you know like every young Catholic woman (laughs) I explored like monasteries and you know thought oh well maybe you know maybe I'll become a a nun and and all this stuff and so anyways so this accident happened and all of a sudden I just started having all these feelings all these feelings all these thoughts and I just think it was I honestly believe it, it was because of this accident and knowing that I like I could have died and um so I decided to go see a counselor so I saw a counselor and that was like the first time I said I think I'm gay
0: mm, wow.
1: and she was like well what makes you think that? And I was like, I don't know. I've been having all these feelings. And like, I, I just, it seems like that's the case. She's like, well, have you, have you kissed a woman? I was like, no. (laughs) You're like, what? I was like, are you serious? (laughs) No, absolutely not. She, and so I think for her, it was like, For her, it was was kind of this weird, like, who is this weird girl that I'm talking to right now that, like, I'm sure, like, her other people that she, like, you know, counseled were probably like, oh, yeah, I've got this crush on my best girlfriend and we've kissed and blah, blah, blah. That was not me at all. Mm-hmm. But I had definitely hi- hid behind that whole facade of being the good Catholic girl, right? And uh, and so at, at a, so then flash forward a few months after that, our, uh, it was probably like that fall. I still hadn't kissed a girl, but I was pretty out. Like I I had actually come out to my friends. Um, so like kind of you know what what um, what that looked like was so this particular friend I just mentioned previously, she um, she and I I was like hey I was like you know can we meet for like dessert or dinner or something like that. And so we ended up meeting and I think we ended up meeting for dessert somewhere. And, uh, and I told her, I was like, I have something really important to talk to you about. And she was like, yeah, sure. And I'd already come out to like my other, another one of my really good friends. Um, he was, uh, a very dear friend at the time. Like we did everything together. And, um, and I would have considered him probably one of my best friends and he was like totally cool with it like I just came out to him on the phone so I I was like just seriously like a wreck I was like I have got to tell you something and he was like he was like hey you know it's okay like I I'm gonna love you no matter what like this doesn't change anything so then I you know I had dessert with one of my friends and um, she was like super cool about it and I was like you know feel free to tell you know at the time your boyfriend um, about now her husband about it. And then I had another set of friends that I came out to and then I came out to my parents. Um, and those were really the only people that I came out to mm-hmm. like actually saying I'm gay right. and my sister and my sister was actually going through the same thing at the same time, but we didn't know because we weren't talking to each other. <gasps> what? So yeah, little, little, little kind of, you know, surprise there. So anyways, I go over to my parents and I, you know, told them, I was like, Hey, you know, and I, and I went over to my parents like probably like two or three weeks before Thanksgiving. And I was dating somebody in Springfield, Oregon. And, and I,
0: by somebody, do you mean
1: a lady? A lady. Oh, my goodness. A lady that I met at a Brandy Carlisle concert. What? That I, is so gay. I know. Right? <laughs> so we had met in Vancouver, British Columbia at a concert at the Commodore Ballroom. And she was on vacation and she was going to see Brandy perform in a bunch of different places and, um, and had invited me to go up to see her in Bellingham, Washington. And so we, I went up there and that's, that's where I had my very first kiss with a girl was in Bellingham, Washington, right before a Brandy Carlisle concert. And, um, and so I was dating this person and I had to tell my parents because I'm the kind of person that I have to live. I have to live authentically. Like my my life has to be 100% authentic. Like I can't mm-hmm. hide parts of me. I it's kind of like you have to like me for everything or nothing at all. And amen to that. Right. And so uh, I won- drove over to my parents and um, I was like, I got something I got to tell you guys. And so I told them I was like, you know, I've been seeing a counselor for the last like six months, and um, and I just want to let you know that I'm gay. And let's just say my mom didn't take it so well. Hmm. Um, my dad, he was like, you know, they were both kind of, oh, you just let your friends influence you and all this stuff. Keep in oh, mind, I was like 33 years old at the time, so I think we were well past that point. Of,
0: like, <laughs> right, my right. friends,
1: my friends influencing me, and so my dad's main concern was, but you're still coming for Thanksgiving, right? Like that was my dad's concern. And my mom was still not particularly happy about things, and and honestly, like I still am not a hundred percent sure that they're they're okay with things. But I think it's more of just like how it affects them, and not necessarily like like they still love us, like because my sister's also super super gay, um, <laughs> super gay, super gay. But I think that they, you know, they appreciate. I think that we are living authentically and like who we are Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think that it just still um makes them uncomfortable because they live in a very conservative part of the state and i think it's just a little bit difficult for them based on like their generation and who they are like i think like for for what they've had (laughs) essentially put on them which is two gay kids (laughs) um (laughs) i think they do pretty good um for it and um you know we love each other and we um hang out and we do things together we're going on a vacation together um Mm. for the first time in like probably 30 years where we've all gone like all four of us are going on a trip so it'll be fun so yeah that's a long version i'm a talker just in case y'all didn't know
0: i love that though like i love what you said about your parents just acknowledging like the different generation that they came from and how it really sounds like they've done the best that they can for where they're at because it is a lot and I think sometimes people forget that. Right. And have no grace for their family or their family has no grace. And it sounds like it's at a nice, I don't know, happy medium. Like the yeah. best like if you're like you're both doing the best you can.
1: Sure. Like, yeah. And and I and also, you know, it's my mom's like, Oh, you can't tell the family. And I'm like, well, I'm on Facebook, <laughs> and, like, I am planning to make an announcement about this on Facebook. And because, you know, I told all the people that were important to me in my life about mm-hmm. about what, what I was going through. And then I figured, you know, like, there are plenty of other people that, you know, would figure it out on their own or, right. you know, that I would come out to. And so, like... So I think the funny thing is, is that um, a few years back, my great aunt passed away and she um, never had children, never was married. There's some family lore around that, too. I just remember going to her memorial service and because, you know, she didn't have any like children or anything. It was just like my extended family. So like my second and third cousins and like my mom's cousins and stuff like that, they showed up and my parents weren't able to make it. But I decided I was going to fly down for her service because she'd meant a lot to me and I wanted to show respect. And it was really interesting because... Apparently the memo had not gotten out to some of the family because like all my cousins know, like they were asking about my sister and her girlfriend and all these other things. But then I <laughs> I hear one of the family members off in the distance going, uh, does, does does she have a boyfriend? And I'm just and I was like. Oh, I just don't have it in me to like have that conversation with her because it's not important to me. Like, yeah, it's, and it's not bad like bad
0: timing, too. Like,
1: mm. Yeah, it's like I'm at somebody's memorial service and it's like, oh,
0: hey, yeah, uh, super gay. <laughs> I came out to my family at my it's memorial service. That's,
1: yeah, yeah, that's nice. yeah. So it was just kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, so that's that's a little bit about you know my coming out process. It was definitely interesting, and um, but also. You know, as far as how that could go, it went as good as it could go because I also had resigned myself to the fact that, like, if people didn't take it well, I was okay with that. Like, I was okay with just dropping them. So, because life's too short to be miserable. And, uh, you know, we only have this, like, one amazing life that we've been given. And so, in my mind, if um, someone doesn't feel that um, I'm valuable enough to be in their life because of the fact that I'm gay, then I don't need them in my life and I can go find other people that I can you know do life with so
0: if this was a really um expensive podcast we would have a special little button that we pressed that said like badgerism right now <laughs> <That's> The badgerism <laughs> right there and if you could have seen the look on her face when she was saying that she meant it folks true story so, fyi but also you know that's not a bad thing to live by I'm gonna keep that in mind Keep it in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Now, I was also wondering some other questions that someone wrote. I think there was a couple more. And uh, I wanted to know a little bit more about this whole faith and sexuality. How those two kind of reconcile together.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that because I wrote it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But... Uh, I would say the uh, there are definitely folks that struggle with reconciling faith and sexuality. For Absolutely. me, my priest was actually one of the people that I came out to. That's and awesome And I was nervous, like probably more nervous than if I had been going to confession, <laughs> um, but definitely nervous. And I set up a meeting with him. And um, at the time, I was in a leadership position within the church. And so I... I uh, was working with the young adult ministry program at this particular church. I knew that it was going to be problematic that I was coming out. And also at the same vein, I was kind of ready to move on anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a perfect, perfect time for me to do this. So I did it. And I was like, hey, I was like, I, I got something I got to tell you, you know? And I was like, I, I, I'm gay. And he's like, okay. And he goes, uh, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but um, my sister's gay and has been in a relationship with a woman for many many years and uh you will always have a place in my church. Oh. And I and that meant a lot to me. Yeah. You know. Uh it 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 basically I don't think I was really all that worried about getting kicked out of the church.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Because even though the Catholic church has very strong stances on sexuality in general, it's not like this overarching like, oh, you can't play in our sandbox kind of thing. It depends on the the priest, really, the sure. pastor. So some pastors are going to be a little bit more forgiving on stuff and some are not. Uh, and so this particular priest, he was like, hey, you know, you're always welcome in my church. So I stayed involved in the church, but I chose to step down from the leadership position I was in, mostly because it was time. I'd been involved with it for a couple of years. And the second reason was, is that I didn't want to, like, cause any... just didn't want to cause any trouble and and Mm -hmm. and honestly Mm -hmm. like it wasn't worth it to me like the people that knew and i and i actually did come out to the entire like team and like that was involved in the planning and stuff and i was like hey you know i'm stepping down this is why i know that that's not an issue with any of you but it can be with other people and i just don't want to i don't want to be a part of that there's other ways that i can do ministry and so uh so they were cool with it nobody asked me to step down i chose to do it and and a lot of it was just my life was different at that point in time and i needed a change so yeah i would say like that was probably i i don't want to say it was the hardest thing that i did but it was definitely something that you know i took a lot of time to think about and i'd even asked i'd even asked the priest and he's like it's up to you he's like you can do whatever you want like i'm not gonna tell you to step down or anything so it wasn't like i got forced out Um, I know some folks out there um, have been forced out of positions of, you know, leadership um, and things like that. And so, um, you know, fortunately for me at the point in time that I was in my life and where I was at in my journey. And again, Badger, Badger don't always. care about what other people think Uh, i just decided you know i'm living life on my own terms and and doing things in my own way and it was a great experience i'm glad that i had that experience working with the young adult ministry at the church and made a bunch of lifelong friends Hmm. um, as a result of that but that's great but it just became something where it's like i want to focus my attention on other things so like i did um got involved with like rcia which is the Rite of christian initiation of adults and so um my dear friend who i had come out to who's one of the first people i came out to um he came fully into the catholic church so like he'd been baptized as a kid but like hadn't gotten his first communion or been confirmed and so you know i was able to participate in that way um i was still a lector in the church like so there were certain things that were that i still participated
0: in um but yeah that's awesome so let's say three part question that I feel like you've answered the second part, a little bit of the best part, yep. but it's kind of so the next two parts are what is the best part and what do you struggle? What did you struggle with the most in that?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, as, as easy as I guess I want to make it sound, um, there was definitely a lot of like, a lot of questioning around like, you know, do I really belong here? Mm. um do mm-hmm. I really belong in the church and what does the church teach and one of the things that the my priest actually helped me with is just kind of like um being able to to, to discern a little bit mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. like where my place is in the church and where I belong in the church and um and how, where my faith fits in all of that based on like what the church teaches and i think that's one of the things i really appreciate about the catholic church is I mean, you can't just flat out just be like, well, I don't believe this particular thing that's kind of a basic tenant of the church. But like being gay, that's not like a basic that's like not something that's like a huge part of the church. It's like the church is very clear that they're very side B. Um, Like it's okay to be gay, but you just can't act on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't agree with that. Um, And so. I think that's probably the thing that I struggled with the most uh, is the whole idea of that. Like I can, cause again, this kind of contradicts my own philosophy in life, which is I have to be my entire self. I have to bring my entire self to, to the world and I can't hide myself. And so I think, um, you know, if I can't fully like embrace what my sexuality is, um, then that's a problem. So that's kind of a struggle. Now yeah, that yeah. being said, like I, I think if you can do that, and like be okay like go for it like i know lots of people that are side b in the catholic church and they make it work and and i think that's awesome and i um appreciate that they can um exercise that kind of um not restraint but just you know like really being true to their faith in that way i think that's very admirable so
0: Mm -hmm. my hat's off to those people for sure yep Absolutely. Especially since I know they get a lot of flack. Exactly. <clears throat> but I believe we can all exist together.
1: Right. I don't think it's up to me to
0: decide how someone should live their life. Just like I don't think Absolutely. it's up to anyone else to determine how I live my life. Right. Yeah. It definitely goes both ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like some folks only want to put it one way or the other. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And um. We have one final question, but before we get to that, I did want to ask an additional question, Um, because you had mentioned a key shirt, that indigo girl shirt. Do you still have that shirt?
1: I think I do somewhere. I'm not 100% sure. My mom used to make t-shirt quilts for me, and I think... It may be on a t-shirt quilt, and if it's not on a t-shirt quilt, it's probably in a box of t-shirts that need to be made into a t-shirt quilt. We need to find this shirt. Yeah. I'll have to go through my my drawers at home (laughs) and see if I can find it. And then we'll do a photo shoot with it. Exactly. Yes. That'd be great. It'd be perfect.
0: And because our listeners cannot see us, since it's called a podcast, uh, can you tell them about the shirt that you're wearing today? Yes, I can. As a matter of fact,
1: uh, I'm wearing a shirt. It's black and it has white letters, big white letters on it, and it says "strong female character." It's made by a company called Geeks Out, and they are a um, like a comic book geek website for queer people. What, what? And I got the T-shirt about a year ago at Clexicon, which is a it was the first con I ever went to. That's awesome, and it is uh, for queer women in media and film. And so um, it was created after they killed off uh, one of the characters from The Hundred, and um, last year was the first year that they had it. And uh, I'm a huge uh, Winona Earp and Lost Girl fan, and so there were a couple panels that I was super stoked
0: about that I got
1: to. And also Sarah Ramirez sat right behind me for one oh, of the panels.
0: hi! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing it was oh. pretty awesome so yeah badger is a big nerd i am i didn't know what some of those things were that she just said but that's okay somebody might know what i just I, said i think a lot of folks do maybe yeah. we'll see and uh i have one final question for you what is one thing that you would like to say to our listeners
1: Oh, there's so many things. So many, many you things. You wrote this question. I know. I wrote this question. And you
0: specifically said the word one. I know. Which I is know. interesting because... Right. <laughs> it's you. Right. <laughs> exactly. You, you know me so well.
1: Uh, so I guess the one thing I would say to people, especially uh, those of you out there that maybe are struggling with your um, sexual identity and uh, trying to reconcile your faith with your sexuality, um, is that uh, that you are loved God loves you and nobody can take away the love of God um, for you. And uh, there are people out there that will try. And, Mm. you know, there's a few words I could not say on the podcast um, to those people. (laughs) But just remember that you are loved. And um, that's something that um, there was a priest here in Portland uh, who used to say, hey, what time is it? and uh, people would say the time, and then, and you are loved. So just remember that, that God loves you, and um, God wants you to be happy, and uh, don't let those people take that away from you.
0: I love that. Thanks, Badger. You're welcome, TK. All right, everyone, that's all we have for today. Thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful week.